coming up on this episode, we begin by estimating the number of moms per capita of Rhode Island and audition Sean for House Hunters. Then we get into the week's tech news, including everything Google announced at I.O., tech employee revolts, and why Square is getting into the restaurant game. It's all coming up for you right now. This is Don't Panic, episode number 203, recorded May 14th. 2018! Rate while you ride. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Don't Panic, the technology podcast on gadgets, the internet, and you, of course. I'm Sean Jenks, joined as always by two guys who are up to fight for your right to party. It is Colby Ravadu and Dan Miller. Woo-hoo. Yes, sir. That's I was right. fighting for your right all weekend. That that you live that fight, man. You are you are on the front lines every day. <laughs> you know, people don't understand the sacrifice you make for this country. It was rough. I believe spent it. all weekend in Philadelphia celebrating our movie draft victory. Yes, indeed. Mm. What what's the, what's the most movie themed place in Philadelphia? I guess it would probably be the museum steps from Rocky, right? Is there a more iconic? Yeah. <laughs> yes, we did see them from afar. And decided not oh. to walk up to them. Why so? They uh, were too far away. Oh. Uh, and also, we we saw the a ver- uh, we saw a museum, and we were like, "Oh, that must be the Rocky Steps." Wow, they're they're a lot smaller than it looks like in the movie. And then we kept walking down the road, and then you see in the distance this like Acropolis of steps. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, steps. Not the right museum. <laughs> Wrong one. What was yeah. the coolest thing you saw in Philadelphia? Uh, we did go to the Magic Garden, which is this appointment-only uh, glass, like, outdoor, full-experience glass sculpture that you, like, walk around inside of, and there's, like, weird nooks and cranes. You can stick your head in and see interesting things, and an attached house that is also all, like, mosaic uh, oh. that this one guy built over decades and decades. That was cool. Uh, we oh, we went to we went to a cocktail bar with an extremely strict dress code where we actually we didn't we didn't we got like dressed down by the guy at the front door. Like actually, he did not he did not uh, disguise the fact that he looked at your shoes, he looked at your pants, he looked at your shirt, he made sure you're well kept. And did you get in? You in? We did. But we also we had to buy stuff in order to get in. We we went to oh boy Macy's and then we accidentally went to the the uh, oldest department store in America where they invented the price tag, and they oh. have us. The, also, they have the largest organ in the world in this department store that was playing. So it was actually not a complete waste of time to go buy shoes. Wow. Uh, but yeah, th- those are probably the two coolest things we did. What was the dress code at this place? Uh, no sneakers, no oh. bare legs showing. Uh, I guess that was the dress code. No shirt, no shoes, no service. I, but I think it was like you—you you have to look nice, but specifically no sneakers. Mm. Uh, no. That's tricky. Yeah, it is tricky. What you got? No sneakers. No. Yeah. No open-toed shoes. But would they have let you in with like a Hawaiian shirt? Uh, I think you—if you were wearing like a Hawaiian. No jeans, right, no jeans. So if you were wearing, like, a Hawaiian shirt with a... I was wearing a nice pair of jeans and they let me in. Uh, if you were wearing a Hawaiian shirt and a nice pair of jeans or, like, white or tan slacks... Yep. Probably. And, like, nice mm-hmm. shoes. Okay, and what if you were wearing, like, you know, nice khakis with maybe, like, a button-up collared shirt um, uh-huh. and then a complete 10-gallon cowboy hat? Do you think they would let you in? Yes. Yes. Hats are cool. <laughs> okay. I, yeah, I think they're they're down for uh, eccentricity. They're down to clown. <laughs> yeah. How how are the cocktails? They were good. They were not. I was not amazed. They were not down. So I here is I. They passed the aviation test. They made a good aviation with all the right stuff. Uh, so it was a competent bar. Uh, I had one of the drinks off their menu. It was good. And uh, I tried to do like a bartender's choice thing, even though that wasn't, you know, explicitly laid out. And they weren't really they weren't really game for that. So mm-hmm. I give them a B. It was good. Cool. 
Cool. So. Uh, Sing 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 Laundry was what it was called. Hang on, I'll, I'll find it. Sing Laundry. Sing, yeah, that actually sounds right. Sing. Ah. Hop Hop Sing Laundromat. Cool. You're in Philly. Check it out. I also learned that it's okay to call it Philly. They're not weird about that, like San Francisco. What are people weird about in San Francisco? SF? San, San Fran. Fran. Oh, San Fran. Yeah, I never called it San Fran when I lived there. <laughs> uh, well, that's exciting. Philadelphia, fun. Yeah. Fun. Very good. Cool. Uh, I went to Rhode Island for Mother's Day. Mm. I'm sure there are a lot of moms there. <laughs> there are. I'd say there are. I'm just guessing it like mom demographics, but I feel like there are 300,000 moms in Rhode Island. <laughs> now, would you consider that an above average or below average amount of moms? Yeah, like what? How does that relate to the the Dunkin' Donuts uh, per capita? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what, mom, what's I the mean, mom Dunkin to Donuts Dunkin'? How, how many moms <laughs> could you fit in a Dunkin' Donuts? Well, they say I don't know if this is true anymore, but I hope it is that Rhode Island has the most Dunkin' Donuts per capita of any you said state. Said this many in the times. Country. That's why that I, makes sense. Yeah, I'll never forget that. Indeed, um, I feel like we they probably have a, a normal like amount of moms per capita, mm. like the regular the regular. That would amount. make sense. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how easy it is to compare Dunkin' Donuts and moms like. Mm. Uh, presumably, like moms would be, there were there would be more moms per capita than Dunkin' Donuts per capita. Um, so I don't know how you would compare. Well, like maybe you could compare the difference between Rhode Island and somewhere else. But if that were to not be true anywhere, it would be Rhode Island. <laughs> I think that's true. So you'll have to report back. Yes, our, so our, your, uh... our lead mom researcher, Colby. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep. I I guess so. Yep, we're I gonna get some cards made up. I feel you like hand you might out. have that that title, Sean. Lead mom researcher. <laughs> yeah, from the story with Joe's mom, I think you. Uh... I, you, got some you do have the most mom stories. No, I'm a I'm a PhD in momology. Okay, that's <laughs> you know that's academic. Oh, absolutely. Really practical. That that's right. I've never practiced my craft, but I know it well. <laughs> oh boy. Yep. Mom's wow. per capita. Wowie. How's your weekend, Sean? Oh my goodness. I'm so glad you asked. Um it was fine. I uh, I went to my first so uh we haven't really talked about it on the show before. I'm looking for a house. Oh, that's right. Which I actually is, forgot. Which is exciting. Yes, uh, I don't brag yeah. about it too much. And I went to my first open house this weekend. Ooh. So that was... I hear that's that's an important step in in acquiring a house. <laughs> yeah, don't go to a closed house. They do not like that. They <laughs> they're they're very upset, especially when you do it in the dead of night. So, uh, no. The interesting thing about the current housing market is it's bananas. Even where I live, um, houses sell in like two days, and open houses are mad houses. Uh, because mm-hmm. there's just such a low amount of inventory of homes that um, they they go quickly. And so the place was, it was very busy, but I ended up not, I, I thought it was overpriced for what I was getting. Uh, but I had an in-ground pool, so we could have had pool parties, but I guess, I guess not. That's a, that's a shame. But I also would never use a pool, so I skipped on that. So that was interesting, and I'll keep, I got lots of show-ins lined up for the next couple weeks, so. Very cool. Keep looking on that. Any, Are you looking for houses in your current area or in in in? Yeah, broad, no, I'm broad. looking in the greater Springfield area. The cool. the the Agawams, the Westfields, the <laughs> the Chicopees, the all all those great places. The Southwicks, all the great mm. places. All the just yeah. Very cool. Yeah, some neat options. So yeah, it's do, exciting. Do you have Do you have a must have feature for a house? Ooh, like good question. Sean Jennings' dream home. You know, it's funny. My dream home is very lame because it's like I don't give I don't care about like count it, granite countertops or you know any of that kind of like below you know wood floors. I don't. It's like I need 
Uh, I want gas heat. I want forced air with hopefully with central air. But if you don't get central air, if it's forced air, you can always add central air later. What's forced air? So in, so in houses in the Northeast, there are three common types of heat. The sort of worst option is steam, where they actually pump steam, like you have, Colby, in, in your apartment. Yeah, yeah. Me oh. too. Yeah. It's, it gets rowdy. Yes, and <laughs> it it's sure does. known to fail, and it's usually in houses that are 100 years old have that. Mm. Um, the sort of middle option is your uh, uh, hot water radiators, which are the, mm-hmm. usually the baseboard-style radiators where they pump hot water through them, and that's relatively efficient. And then there's forced air, which is essentially duct work where they blow hot air through them, and it's the vents in the floor, and the hot air comes up through them. It's the same vents you would use for central air, which is why a lot ah. of homes that have one usually have the other. And why, if you get a home with forced hot air, you can easily add central air by just plugging in the machine to the vents that are already installed. Ah. It's very expensive to add vents to a house that don't, doesn't have them. So Yes, I can imagine that that would be the case. Yes. So uh, you got to be very... And oil is you know, only going up at this point. So gas is, uh, gas is a pretty efficient, efficient option. But a lot of... What is it? Uh, 8% of homes in the U.S. have heating oil. So it's not, it's not as common as it used to be. But... Um, that is, it's not the sexiest part of a house, but it is interesting. It is Any important. Any features? Um, nothing, you know, a garage is a great plus, you know, reasonable yard. Um, obviously the house has to be in good shape. Other than that, you know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty flexible. Obviously more bedrooms, more bathrooms, that kind of stuff. But if, if you, in the course of your, uh, house hunt, as the, as they say, had to be on one HGTV show. You have to be on one. It's yeah. just part of the cosmic, uh, you know, deal. Which one would you be on in your course? I mean, of your you got house to, you, you got to do House Hunters. I mean, I don't even know how you have this discussion. You got to House Hunters is because I don't. Well, you, could, you could get the the remodeling one and get a bunch of free shit for your house. Well, here's the thing, Dan. This is a little insider that tip. Shit, a lot of people don't know this. Do you, do you know who pays for those renovations? The homeowners. Obama. Oh. No, the homeowners most <laughs> now now usually they get some amount of Thanks, compensation Obama. for being on the show, but it does uh-huh. not cover the cost the full cost of the renovation. So it's not oh. they, they don't get that for free. Well, it's what... free stuff if you're going to be renovating it anyways. I mean, you get the designer for free essentially. You just don't pay their fee. Right. Um, which is, I, I guess, a value. But no, I, I want to go on House Hunters. The problem is I don't, you know, two people, you have to go on it with somebody. You can't go on it alone. Uh, no, one, no one wants well, to go on House Hunters. You guys want to go on House Hunters with me? I, I'd be your House Hunters pal. Like, yeah. there are people who go on with, like, a friend. I don't know why people say no. I've asked a bunch of people, and they're like, oh, no, I don't want to do it. I, I would like, do be, that for your awesome. house. Who cares? It'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> I don't for know if I'd do it if it was like, me. No way. Yeah. <laughs> I would do this old house, but... I'm not wealthy enough, I don't think. Yeah, that's the problem. Because they absolutely pay for all the shit on that show. I love Have you guys ever seen Trading Spaces? Is that the one where they switch? Where the neighbors switch house and they, they decorate oh, a room neighbors. in each other's houses? Oh, they just brought boy. it back. So this was on like 10 years ago and they just rebooted it and it's awesome if you ever get to see it. Maybe one of these weeks I'll pick it. But the plot is neighbors switch houses and they each decorate a room in the other person's house with designer help. But the designers are fucking insane. And they like people literally get like because then they reveal it and people get like pissed off. It's awesome. It's so great because you're like some sort of like, you know, revenge scenario for these people. Or are they just no? They're friends. Things out. No, what it is is it's some of the design. Like half the designers are good, but half the designers are like really eclectic. So there's like a famous mm-hmm. episode where one designer glued hay to all the walls in the room, <laughs> and of course okay. it didn't go well, you know. And there's like there's there was one episode where they took out all the flooring and replaced it with sand to make a sure. beach room, you know. Like and that, <laughs> that's amazing. It's absolutely crazy. It's crazy. Sean, I would I would visit your beach room all the time. I'd mm. be cool with it. I'd be great with it. Um, but and you that know. sand must get really dirty after a couple of years. When you though. track it all over the house and, and all, after you after a couple of tiki parties, you know, like the, the cat uses it as the bathroom. It's not good for anyone. <laughs> um, Zach in the uh, in the chat room says trading spaces designs are so bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Occasionally, I would say like one third of them are really nice, and then the rest are very 
very rough. Uh, and Zach also says, will this update be like House Hunters, where we will be given three houses and try to decide which one you picked? Yeah, maybe when I pick my house oh. on the show, uh, you two can 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 try and decide which of the three houses I actually bought. How's that? Ooh, oh, exciting. I see. So you'll prevent, present us with, okay, after the fact. Yes. That's yeah. less brave of you, but yes. still fun. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that how House Hunters works, though? It is. Like, they've already picked the house. Yeah, yeah, usually they're Wait, in the process. Yeah, usually they're in the process of closing on it or have already bought it when they tape the show. Are you kidding me? No. And the main <laughs> the main reason for that is because they don't want them to go to the three houses and then like the sale falls through and they don't end up buying one, so they want to know for a fact you own one of those three houses. I before. always figured I always figured that that they got it with a point where it's down to three or that they filmed probably several more than three viewings no sometimes the the other two houses they don't buy are houses they never even looked at in the first place in the house hunt itself man those, it's all a that, lie Dan. that explains why those people are so awkward because it's they're lying the whole time they're acting yep yeah i couldn't i'd be so bad because in the house i ended up buying i'd be like no everything here is great i should definitely buy this house <laughs> this seems to to check all my boxes <laughs> yeah wow <laughs> wow Oh boy! So anyway, we'll keep uh, we'll keep you folks up to date. That's on very exciting. The thrill that is the the hunt, the thrill of that the hunt. Is exciting. The thrill of spending too much money. Uh, all right. <laughs> um, on that note, let's go ahead and uh, talk about some tech news. What do you guys say? Let's do it. I've never been more ready. Nothing to it but to do it. Uh, and we've got a bunch of stories in here. We got stuff from Uber, Google, Square, Spotify windows uh what do you there was a lot of controversial stories this week yeah yeah i don't know if i if we have any of them in the rundown (laughs) but (laughs) if you'd like to suggest one yeah well i i don't have a story to link for this but did you read about the uh google employees resigning because of the department of defense contract that google has i did hear about that I think that would be an interesting one to talk about. Just, just to ignore our rundown entirely, uh, if that's okay with you. Are you you're just, so the, you're the, just throwing the, me for a loop? Right, right. The basic idea uh, I, is that, uh, and I don't know the specific details of the program, but that Google was is being reimbursed by the government to help them use open source software that Google has released to tag objects basically to tag different parts of images from drone footage with what those things are. So like this is a house and that's a person and this is a tree. Uh, and is that people... what our captchas are doing, man? <laughs> yeah. You're training <laughs> drones. You Colby. A captcha that is, that looks like uh, drone footage. You're probably okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, but maybe if you see one of those, let me know. So yeah, the, these Google employees apparently, I don't know, a significant number resigned. I, I don't know if they said how many. About a dozen. About a dozen. But nearly 4,000 have signed an internal petition uh, asking Google to cancel the contract with what is Project Maven, a subset of the uh, Pentagon's Jedi program, Joint Enterprise oh Defense Infrastructure. Can, can the government stop with these Star Wars and Jedi programs? It's great. I love it. It's so cheesy. Oh boy, it's it's uh, it's a shame because it's a. Uh, I'm sure there's like, I don't know, some useful thing that they use that for. But I useful and like not objectionable thing that they use that for. But I'm sure there for every like one of those, mm-hmm. there are dozens of others that it'll be used for now or later. <sighs> yeah. I, I yeah I, I see I see the points. I think one argument I saw was that this is all open source anyways, so it's not like the government wouldn't be doing this. It's mm-hmm. not like we're enabling them to do it. Uh, but then the other argument that I saw that was really compelling was it's like it's not like Google needs this money. They're not. It's not even like all that much money. First of all, Google has a magic money printing machine in the basement, so. They don't need money at all. Certainly not this little bit. So why why embroil yourself in it? Mm. Which I, I thought that was 
good argument. Uh, what, what do you think, Shannon? Um, you know, I think it's interesting that, I, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't really know if these employees are making the right decision in, in their shoes. I don't know what decision I would make. I do strongly commend them for uh, the willingness to to stand up and do something about their beliefs so strongly they would uh, quit their job. I think that's um, a, an honorable thing to do if you really believe in these positions. I think mm-hmm. I agree with you from Google's side. I don't think they have to do it, but at the same time, how many... If Google doesn't do it, one of their competitors will. And and it, and if you look at it from that perspective, again, I don't want to put words in in Google's and their executives' mouths, but you know why why let someone else do it when we can do it and we can control it and make sure it's done in a way that's as fair and ethical as possible, given the parameters of the project. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they didn't come from that perspective, but at least I think that's one way you could spin it to say, hey, you know, th- th- this will go on with or without us, so we might as well get on board. Um, and use it to have a. Di- I mean, we wouldn't know about this project if Google didn't publicly talk about it. So, I, I th- do think there's value in that. Yeah. Would you? So it doesn't sound like you would have resigned. It sounds like you're. Well, it's you hard. Had a job it's, at Google. It, it's it's hard to say. I mean, I you know I I think maybe, it's... actually maybe you don't want to say this for your Google interview. <laughs> Google, I would love to work on your secret drone AI project. Please <laughs> sign me up. I have no experience, um, but you no, could be their uh, digital marketing specialist. Yeah, I can tweet about their secret drone AI project. <laughs> Good. Could you just imagine the tweets? Good news, everyone. We could tell the difference between a combatant and a civilian. <laughs> That's a very bad idea. Um, no, uh, would would I resign if I were these people? Probably not. Probably not. But I'm not these people, so that's. Um, and, and not because I agree or disagree with the project. I just think you would, it would take a lot for, to get me to resign from a company that it would have to be so like, if, like, like if they were training AI to use the drones to kill people, then yeah. Okay. You've got, Uh you know, I I don't see this as so agree. It's egregious enough to protest and have a conversation about. I don't think it's egregious enough to, to resign over, at least from my perspective. Mm. Fair enough. I do, I don't know if everyone has this, this thought, but like, I feel like it would, it would be, there's a certain part of me that would like to do that someday when I I was like thinking about leaving a job anyways, like resigning in protest. Yes, exactly. Like on principle. Mm -hmm. Um, That does sound, that sounds very cathartic. Yes. Yeah. I, I hope, though, that you don't have that many occasions to... <laughs> that that, that actually you're warned from the Is this outside. something that comes up all the time, Cole? <laughs> yeah. No, I don't, I don't, it, 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 I don't think it's Listen, ever really come up at all. But. Ever since they stopped having the smart water in the cafeteria... <laughs> yeah, I don't, think, I don't think future employers would look very kindly on... <laughs> no. Nope. But we'll see. That's interesting. I had no idea. Good story, Dan. Thanks. Throwing into the mix. Throwing it into the mix. That's right. That's what right. I we're, do. We're nothing if not agile. Uh, while you guys are looking for story number two for this evening, I do want to thank Zach and uh, Rob for commenting on Twitch and on Facebook, joining us live as we do Monday nights at a little, I will say 10, 15 p.m. Eastern uh, at twitch.tv slash don't panic show and at facebook.com slash don't panic show either place you can get the stream. Join us, comment. We'll talk about you on the air. We love your opinions. Um, and uh, and we appreciate it, Zach and Rob and everybody who uh, who joins us. Ooh, we, okay, let's talk about Square Restaurant. I know all about the restaurant space. I knew you'd be jazzed up about this story. That's why I included it just for you, Dan. Uh, Thank you. Square, which you may know as the... Uh, well, they do a lot of stuff these. I was going to say the payments company, but really they do a lot of stuff these days. Um, they're officially getting into the restaurant business with the launch of Square for Restaurants. It's a point of sale system that handles everything from menu updates, floor layouts, employee scheduling, and performance tracking. Um, it will integrate with Square's other existing products, including payroll capital and more. They also previously acquired the on demand food delivery startup Caviar, which will be integrated as well to handle the delivery aspect of the product. Did not now, know that. Now restaurants will be able to handle everything in one place. Um, 
They hope to one day include third-party applications from places like Postmates, Uber Eats, and DoorDash, uh, but right now um, they're sticking with Caviar. It's in beta. More than 100 restaurants have used the product. It is charging $60 per month plus $40 per month for each additional POS setup. That's pretty cheap. Yep. <laughs> uh, that's my first reaction. Yeah, Dan, what do you what do you, what do you think? Walk us walk us through this product. Uh, I know that this was kind of an open secret, and if you look at Square, like it's obvious that they would do this. Mm-hmm. They already have enough for a not sit down restaurant, any sort of cafe, coffee place. Uh, already uses Square a lot of the time. Uh, yeah. Uh, I didn't know that Square had acquired Caviar. That was new information for me. I wonder when you'll when Square will have because I feel like the next logical step for all these companies is you uh, you go into the online space. So you you say, oh, you don't have to use Seamless or Caviar. You can integrate, you can have your own branded experience. You can go to digin.com and order from there. You don't need to go through the app. We don't take as much of, maybe they don't take any uh, service fee out of that. And they, it's just like a loss leader for getting those that, you know, 60 plus dollars a month. So that's where I would expect it to go next. Yeah, I I always thought it was crazy when I would this more so in Houston than up here. But uh, when I would go into a restaurant and they would have like six different tablets all on the counter or strapped to the wall because they had oh, yeah. every kind of delivery service on, and they'd all be boop 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 mm. boop boop boop. There was <laughs> where did I go? I no went to seamless order. I would I picked up an order that I had placed online through DoorDash. No, not DoorDash through Grubhub maybe. And I went in there, and they literally couldn't figure out where my order came from because they had so many of <laughs> yeah. these services. They're like, "Wait, what app did you order from?" And they like were bound. It, it, it was no joke. It was confusing to them. I've had that happen too, and and it's crazy. So I, I agree with you. I think the idea that you could streamline this process, whether Square integrates these third parties or kind of builds it out on their own, either way, to streamline it for the restaurant in the same way they've sort of created point of sale systems for other types of businesses i think is you're you're right it's it's a a no-brainer for them um and i think a a a space ripe for ripe for them now i'm looking at this this screenshot of the app in in this article do they really have like timers on the table like for how long i i assume this means like how long you've been the uh so some party has sat at at a table sure Mm -hmm. That would it's be crazy. good to know. It looks like it. I mean, That's it seems, what it looks like to me. It seems like very a very simple... I think it's not even necessarily for the reason I'm guessing you're thinking, which is to get, you know, get people out the door, but maybe also so that you can notice who you like forgot about mm. <laughs> well, even... in America. People won't uh, they won't initiate the closing out process. I would bet, too, it's for um... Uh, restaurant flow purposes if you have a certain set of tables where people sit longer than other tables you might want to rearrange the restaurant or or adjust where your wait staff spends their time um i'm sure you could do a lot with the analytics side of that yeah i'd be curious to know how good their analytics is because that that is the hardest that and taxes are the hardest part (laughs) (laughs) yep No, hey, cool. it's it, it is interesting. We'll certainly see um, if they can can make a big impact. Big impact. <sighs> sounds like a Coming Michael. To theaters near I was you. gonna say sounds like a Michael Bay movie. <laughs> Didn't he do? No, no, he did Armageddon, not Deep Impact, right? He did one of those two. Which he did Armageddon. Michael Bay. He didn't do the core. No, he all oh, the core. We've talked about the, the core. core. I fucking love the core. <laughs> Hilary Swank, Aaron Eckhart, The Core. That movie is bananas. <laughs> Whenever when, That is one of those, like, if I'm, like, flipping around on TV because I still have cable, um, and it's, like, on the sci-fi channel, I will sit and watch the whole thing. <laughs> that, and I got caught this weekend with Twister, which I always watch the whole mm. way through because that movie is, again, bananas crazy. <laughs> and and I, I just seen cannot Twister stop watching. since I was a child. Oh man, you gotta! I I would highly recommend catching Twister. It's TNT just runs it constantly, <laughs> and it is 
as great as you remember it being. Does one of the T's in TNT stand for, for Twister? Twister? Yeah, it's Twister and Twister. <laughs> the second T also stands for Twister. Um, okay, cool, wonderful. Chugging along here. Oh, uh, let's talk about the Google I.O. stuff. Oh, my God. They it were just like there's a lot of, yeah, a lot going on. So much stuff. Um, <laughs> and we're only going to get through a fraction of it. So we'll try and focus on the big stuff. Um, Android P, they added a few things. Um, some uh, gestures, iPhone X like gestures, a new dashboard that's meant to show how you're spending time on your device, including time spent in apps, how many times you've unlocked your phone, some kind of data stuff. Uh, and you can even set individual time limits uh, for uh, specific apps if you want to cut down on using your phone. Android P coming later this summer, but a public beta is available today for a handful of smartphones. Very cool. Uh, I read a different article that said it was talking about Android P stuff, and it said there's a new thing where, like, if you put your phone face down, it'll be like do not disturb mode. Oh, and that's I want neat. That. Do phones that's not do that? That seems like, an, I don't want to say an obvious idea, but it seems like kind of an obvious idea. It doesn't seem like, I think that's what the person <laughs> who wrote the article said, because it was like, that's what people do anyway. It's like, if you don't want to see your your things, you turn turn your phone face down. It's so obvious. That's an interesting well, idea. Well, that gets, I don't know. I think that makes sense if you if your phone is the way you're interacting with it, but with my watch, I wouldn't necessarily want that and like how does it work if you're sitting down you take your phone out and then you put it back in your pants face down is that does that count as yeah. I, su- I suppose an open question is how how well it knows whether it's like face down on a table or not right I yeah. think that can't they use AI to know if your phone's in your pants like that's like a good application AI of AI yes you can so Dan that's not how it works. pants AI pants AI <laughs> <laughs> Build a custom Hashtag AI. Like, is AI. is my phone in my pants.com and it's custom AI to answer that question. It's simple yes or no. Yeah. Get the uh, Silicon Valley boys right on it. Yeah, man, they'll take care of it. Uh, uh, let me get, ask you guys this. You know, we talk about, uh, I just mentioned the usage dashboard. It'll talk about how many minutes you've used your phone, how many notifications you've received how long you've used each app on your phone. And the idea is to make it more responsible that people are spending too much time on their phones and to give you answers to uh, the questions you have about how often you're using your phone. Do you guys think this is a, a useful feature for, for folks? And would you use it if your phone had it uh, available? So... I've used the one. There's an app on iOS called Moment, I think, that does purportedly does something along the same lines. Where mm-hmm. it like, I don't quite know. I I I I think it's like a pile of hacks to like figure out when your phone's open or not. Sure. Um, and you can go through and see like. Uh, hey, you use this app for two hours this week and you use this app for, you know, whatever. And you can see like it broken down by day. And uh, I found that it was like exactly what I expected. Like on the weekends, I use my phone more than I do on the <laughs> the weekdays. And uh I don't know if it's like when it's like rainy, I, I tend to sit inside and do nothing more than when it's <laughs> uh, not rainy. I didn't I I didn't find it particularly insightful. Um, I think I use it and it's still on. They do this weird thing where you have to like screenshot your battery usage screen. And that's the that's the way they like. I don't know. Hmm. They They calculate something by that, which is cool that it works, but annoying. I finally I this week I got annoyed that it kept asking me to take to screenshot my battery info. Mm-hmm. So I think I might be done with it. But I guess I guess my point is. Yeah, I would absolutely use this. And I'm annoyed. I already started downloading it, not realizing that. You have to use it like that. Yeah, See, that I don't sounds think really annoying. I don't think you have to do that. I can't, I don't quite remember. There is something it gets some information it gets from that, that it doesn't get the rest of the time. 
but it does even if you don't do the battery info screenshots it does have like other information that it can give you that it gives you about like how you're using your phone and stuff yeah I would be all about this. I love this kind of information. It's just fun to see. I wish, and I wish my phone gave it to me. I I think it's useful if it's actionable. Which which there's I I didn't dig into it on Android P. They they have a lot of new do not disturb type stuff. For example, when you turn do not disturb on, your notifications literally disappear. They don't show up on the lock screen or in the notification drawer. Uh, they they do an aggressive job of that. Um, they do a thing where they gray out your phone screen. Um, where if you hit your limit that you set, um, if you've used an app too much. So there's a lot of action that goes with that data, which I think is where, is where the value comes in. Simply knowing you use it a lot is, is cool, but not necessarily mm. useful. Uh, and one other thing I'll mention, because this article says it, uh, going back to our pants AI discussion, <laughs> but uh, it only works if the phone was sitting on the table to start. So, so you put it on the table face oh. up and then flip it. Ah. If you set it face down after carrying it, it will not turn it on. That makes sense. So we do have pants AI. We, we do, Google has figured out pants. Thank <laughs> well, goodness. Maybe not pants AI, but table AI. Ta- yes. Yes. The future is tables. Uh, Zach in the <laughs> chat room says, uh, not sure if you're talking about uh, rescue time, but that has been really useful for finding out where I'm spending time. It tracks yes. Chrome tabs and apps on the desktop and apps on the mm. phone. Yeah, I've used rescue time and it's great. Indeed. Um, that is Android P. Let's talk about uh, probably one of the more interesting announcements out of Google I.O., at least I thought, was Google Duplex. Um, this is the other controversial story. That's right. Yes. Boy, was it. Um, Google Assistant will soon be able to make calls on your behalf. Um, what it does, it's AI. Unsurprisingly, everything they talked about was AI. Um but the way it works is it completes conversations and tasks on its own without any intervention from a person. Um, it does it fully autonomously, uh, without human involvement. It has self-monitoring capability, which allows it to recognize the task it cannot complete autonomously. In this case, it signals to a human operator who can complete the task. Um, essentially, the examples they give are something like scheduling an appointment. So Google, a Google robot, would essentially call the hair salon and say, Sean needs an appointment this week at... On Saturday, and then the person <laughs> at the hair salon would say, "Thank you, uh, Sean. Uh, how about three thirty? And the machine would go, "Sean's calendar is blocked at three thirty. How you know, whatever. Uh, they have a little sound bite that uh, gives you an example of what it sounds like, but it sounds like a person. I think it actually sounded more like a person than your <laughs> your. Uh, I didn't do it justice. of a machine sounded like a person. Yeah, I don't normally sound like a person, so it was it was a struggle. <laughs> um. But they're doing early testing inside Assistant this summer, uh, but no word on when it will roll out super, super broadly. They're really starting with specific taps, tasks like scheduling. Uh, but there is a bit of controversy over wiretap laws and controversy around... Um, wiretap the... laws? Yeah, so there is an issue where... Um, because Google is recording the call, they need to tell... In many states, they have to say they're recording the call. Are they re- they're recording the call for quality assurance? Yes, they are. All right, I, I it just doesn't seem like they have to. Uh, it varies. It's a state by state law. You don't have to in every state, but in some I mean, states, it doesn't you... seem like they have to record it. Uh, no, I I would assume they don't have to. You're right, but they are. Um, maybe it depends, maybe on, it depends on. Right, right. Like obviously, they have to send the audio back to the the computers at some point. Yeah. Yep. Whether or not they hold on to it. Yeah. So there's some questions around that. The other question is um, just simply the sort of moral thing of should the computer identify itself as a computer? Um, initially, Google was non-committal on that. They came out later after some hubbub and said, yes, we, we expect it will identify itself as Google when it calls um, these places. That makes sense. So, guys, good idea or not? So I think idea. it's a good idea. I listen calling places in, is annoying especially because oftentimes the audio quality is terrible like the person who picks up on the other end there's like a bunch of noise in the background you can't hear what they're saying uh 
And I don't, you know, so that's one reason it's good. I think the reason it's bad is if it sucks and people use it, I think that's the worst case scenario because then these poor people who, you know, already have a lot to do are stuck negotiating with computers like a phone tree. <laughs> right. It's, um, it's, it's, it's like the Comcast customer service menu, but it calls you. But in reverse. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. In Soviet Russia. So <laughs> if it's good, I think, you know, this is fine. Uh, but if it sucks, but people still use it because they're not exposed as the person making the call to how terrible it is. Uh then I think that's really bad. And I think there's a lot of like accessibility reasons why this could be useful too. Mm-hmm. Do you have mm-hmm. like, a speech impediment or something? That's true. The And I don't I'm not so the thing about should it identify itself as a computer, I I I don't I don't really care if it does. If it's good, I don't care if it does. Like mm-hmm. I don't see the moral argument there. But maybe you can convince me, Sean. I, I I don't I don't see it from a moral standpoint. I I actually kind of agree with you, Dan. That like morally, I don't. As long as you're not trying to lie to them or cheat them, you know, you're not like posing. I I guess it comes in as like it's posing as a real person, and that's a lie. And I I don't I don't necessarily. We're buy all that. posing as real people. Dan, do you need to talk about something? But in reality, sometimes we just make mac and cheese for dinner. You know, <laughs> it is the cheesiest. I think the um I think the the issue is not necessarily a moral one. I just think it is a sort of ease of using the system. I think frustrations will come in if this thing launches and it's not quite perfect enough. I think if people know they're talking to a computer, I think they'll be more patient and understanding. I think people will get frustrated, especially the people being called will 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 be more frustrated more quickly if they think they're talking to a person and it gif- keeps screwing up and says things people wouldn't say. I think to me that it's it's it, I think it would make the system more effective if people knew it was a computer versus thinking it was a person. Unless unless it is really truly that good that it's indistinguishable from a person. Right. I think that's the danger. If I was if I was a Google engineer and I I don't know if I agree with this, but I would be saying, hey, hang on. We don't want them to know it's a computer because then they'll interact with it differently. I but can imagine is a, a world where 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 you can tell it's a computer and it just it calls you and you just hang up. Yeah. Uh, right. Like if it's if it's in a world where it's if it's hard for the person on the other end to deal with this thing right if it is the 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 customer service phone tree of robotic personal assistance um i don't know i i i if it if it's if it's obtuse enough i can imagine someone people just just hanging up on it and that would be bad well that would be bad for this thing's future absolutely yeah. Yeah, this is going to be really interesting in practice. I don't know how they're going to do it. I really don't. Were you, but were you impressed by the demo? Uh, yeah. I mean, it, but it was a pre-recorded demo. I mean, you know, we all remember yeah, Google Glass, true. so I'm <laughs> yeah, not getting ahead, not getting ahead of myself. On they that. didn't skydive in from the ceiling this time. Yeah, but at least that was. Let's all look back for a moment. That was pretty cool. That was awesome. That was that, the best. That is the live demo post two thousand. Easily, easily. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I iPhone I, iPhone was cool. Skydiving though. That was. I yes. I think I think at least it was the most exciting. Maybe the iPhone one was the most impactful, but. Definitely the excitement when they're doing like skate, you know, doing kick flips on the roof, and they're, oh man, that was. I gotta go rewatch. It. I haven't watched that. I gotta go rewatch that. That was great. Me either. Maybe it's really lame now in retrospect. Hmm. Um. I bet. I bet it is because you know how it ends. Yep. Yep. Badly for Google. Like all the commercials for like failed companies when you watch the documentary about how the company fails, like oh boy. Yep. <laughs> Yep. Should have seen that coming. Yeah. 
Um, all right. Uh, we got some other stuff from the Google announcement. I don't know how many of these we're going to touch on. We talked previously on the show about smart displays with Google Assistant built in. They're coming this summer. Start starting shipping in July. Um, so there's that. Uh, Google Maps is getting a bunch of updates. They're getting a new For You tab that lets you follow specific neighborhoods to see new restaurant and businesses that are trending among other users in a social-like way um, and, co- and coordinate with friends in real time to make a short list when choosing a place to eat at. Um, it's also getting augmented reality directions. Um, is pairing AI with Street View data to give you an interactive AR turn-by-turn experience when you're on the move. Um, if you saw the demo for that, it was quite neat. Yeah, um, that was awesome. I want this Google Lens thing that's up next. Oh, that's in a couple. Don't well, we can jump. Ahead. There's no rules here. Google Lens is getting some updates. Uh, you'll be able to point your phone's camera at text in the real world, grab that text, and then paste it into a text field on your smartphone. They also believe they will be able to identify clothing. Uh, point a camera at, uh, at a piece of clothing, and you will be able to buy it from internet retailers. <laughs> That's kind of weird. Can you imagine just like walking down the street and being like, hey, I, I like, like that, that shirt. shirt. I want that shirt. <laughs> Give me. Let me take a picture of your shirt. <laughs> I want to buy it. I kind of like that. Yeah. <laughs> neat about that. Um, and lastly, a couple more AI things. Google Photos is getting smart editing powers. You can uh, separate subjects from the backgrounds and photos, pop the color, turn it black and white. They can also colorize old non-colored photos. Um, and Google News has AI uh, just making sure the stories are more relevant. Colorizing photos. Yes, old Pretty black cool. and white photos, which is crazy. Crazy, crazy. So there you go. That's all of the Google I.O. stuff. All the Google News fit to print. That That's right, which is apparently not much. Um, <laughs> we don't print here. Okay. Um, we, uh, we're out of time for stories, sort of. We got time. We can do one more if we really want to get to one. Otherwise, we're going to picks, which I, I know we have a lot. I know. We, we There's so many picks, I think we really got to get to them. As much as we want to talk about Windows tabs and Uber rating drivers mid drive. I think uh, <laughs> I think the picks are going to be more important. They always are. I mean, this is what people tune in for. Um, and then if we do have extra time at the end, we can always do a Westworld minute. So uh, let's. I watch Westworld this time. I'm oh, up to, up to speed. Prepared. Good job, Colby. Yeah, Thank I have you. I have thoughts. Got, got back on track. Um, let's jump into picks. It's the part of the show where we each bring something we want to share that we've been enjoying, uh, and we want to put it out there for the world to see as well. Uh, I will go first because mine's in the sheet. Um, I have a, another new podcast. Uh, you know, this has to, I think, be the 100th podcast we've picked on the show over the years. Um, and mine is Off Book, which I don't know if I don't think I've talked about this on the show. But have I talked about this on the show before? No, I don't think so. Uh, this is a fun one. I have, I'm, I've really skewed into the sort of comedy podcast side. I really do no news or factual type stuff anymore. Um, and this one is a ton of fun. It is an Earwolf show. And the the essential plot is it is an improvised musical podcast. And so they have a live piano player there. And they literally just, over the course of an hour, make up a musical with with both dialogue and songs. And they sing them. It's all on the fly. Uh, and they bring in very fun guests. Uh, Jess and Zach are the hosts. And it is a very, very funny very funny way to enjoy there's music and they're singing and it's goofy and it's a lot of fun it's a great way to spend an hour it's called off book you can get it wherever you get podcasts i recommend giving it a shot this most recent episode was very good um maybe a a good place to start um each episode is its own separate thing so you can jump around and uh yeah it's a lot of fun off book you can enjoy that colby what do you uh what do you have for us Nice. So the weather sort of got nice again and then it got cold, but like mostly it's nice. Uh, And so I had to take out my sneakers and last year for uh, logistical reasons, mostly that Dan and I decided to go to Hawaii on like a week and a half's notice. I had to buy (laughs) shoes, not off the internet. I had to go to a store and buy shoes and I hate them. Um, But I like, so my pick is the the Vivo barefoot shoes that I've definitely picked before on the show. They're like you really, haven't. I checked. Really, you picked them right oh, in man. the beginning. Well, 
I guess if I never picked them before, I'm picking them now because they're my favorite shoes. I have like very wide and flat feet and shoes with no little to no sole action are are my favorite to wear. And these are uh, I feel like the, the ones that I like to wear. They have nice they have like athletic shoes, but they also have like like leathery, more everyday shoes and stuff, too. So if that sounds like something you'd like to wear check it out these are some uh, great looking shoes they're a little expensive yeah. unfortunately yeah. and the sizes are european but you can figure it out <laughs> um, uh, what as far as shoes goes shoes go these aren't insane oh no they come in but u.s sizes oh do they well the website says select new. u.s size See that's that's new that's new stuff. Oh. All all the ones I know I own are like size thirty seven or something. Oh, but they just asked me how many milliliters my foot was. <laughs> I don't know, guys. Maybe they have a conversion. Uh, no, this is great. Check it out, vivobarefoot.com. These are good looking shoes. I'm always in the, I'm always in the market for shoes. Mm-hmm. I've really gotten into shoes recently. Ooh, interesting. But I don't you own like that many that shoes. Me saying that shoes are the easiest way to spruce up your clothes. Yeah, I will uh, you two are, are are really my fashion icons that I take <laughs> I take so much lead from because you guys are always with the cool like oh check out my my jacket or my shoes or my bag and I'm like these guys are so hip. I could I could be cool like these guys. Um and I I do a poor job at it, but I'll keep trying. <laughs> okay, you guys keep buying the stuff and I'll keep saying eventually that I'll buy it. Um Someday. All right. Cool, Dan. You got a back-to-back games. You had a game last week. You're, you're. Oh yeah, a couple weeks ago, I bought some games on Steam and I played around. One of them was BattleTech. The other one was Frostpunk. Frostpunk is like a city builder game, kind of like civil. I guess kind of like The Sims, but kind of post-apocalyptic steampunk. So you, like, you a group of survivors finds a hole in like the tundra and starts a city there and you have to keep like you have to balance warmth with how like far out your city radiates from the place where it's warm with like sending out expeditions to get food with how hard you work people with how cold it is how do you handle things like amputations uh there's always like crazy moral choices like you might find in an rpg game that pop up occasionally uh so it's good fun and also not sixty dollars, is that right? It's also 30. not sixty dollars. Yeah, twenty uh, Yeah, so it's for just for Windows, though. Sadly, this one, which is why I didn't pick it before. Um, but if I'm reading the website correctly, it looks like other platforms are coming soon. Yeah, it was just released last month, so it's a brand new, hot off the presses game. I am not reading the website correctly. It does not say other platforms are coming soon. I take it back. I mean, why would you want to have it anywhere other than Windows? Right. That's crazy. Um, if you happen to have a Windows computer, it's pretty cool. It's really, it's a very beautiful, like, the city you end up with is really beautiful and radial. Like, you don't build that out and go to grid like a lot of other city building games. You build it out in a circle. Uh, it's pretty cool. It look pretty cool. Neat. Some nice, nice screenshots. Check it out, Frostpunk on Steam, twenty nine ninety nine for Windows. Awesome, awesome stuff, guys. Good picks all the way around. Um, we do still have some time left, uh, so uh, Westworld. Westworld. Let's talk a little bit about Westworld. We just, uh, if, if you're Hit trying the to spoiler horn. If, <laughs> The following is rated S for spoilers. Um, (laughs) Now, if you're for some reason listening to this episode at some point in the future, uh, we just finished episode four of the second season of Westworld. Um, So we don't know what comes after that, but we do know what happened before that. What do you guys, what's, what's grabbing you? What's exciting for you about Westworld? Any theories Uh, or anything? What do you want to share? Can we talk about my, this is okay. That's not related to this episode though. Um, theories i, I mean, have a theory have... okay let's hear your theory I, and i had this theory after episode two and i was too mm-hmm. timid to say anything about it and now i'm feeling 
both more confident and less confident in it. And my theory, okay. while not radical, was that I, I guess I kind of was right, but it's the it, it's human cloning. They're doing human cloning, and I guess we kind of found out this week that's sort of what they're doing. Yeah. But my whole thing was it's much more human than it is robot. Interesting. And then my twist on the theory, I I just I if everything on the show fits together for the most mm-hmm. part. In the end, mm-hmm. I'm confident it will fit together. The one part of the show I cannot figure out why we're supposed to care about it is Maeve's daughter. Mm. Why do we why do we give a shit about Maeve's daughter? Well, I think but that's not like the that's not that far out because we saw Dolores kind of care about her dad, her no, air no, no. quotes dad, I even the, though she had no reason to. I get the love part of it and the sort of sort of um, the higher level storytelling. I get that. But I'm thinking there has to be what happens when they find her? What's the end of that journey? Like why why are why is the journey being spent to find her? I think she has more well, to do with the plot. Okay. All right. So what's your theory there? She is the first human clone. Uh-huh. And that's why she's valuable. Mm-mm. The first Maeve human or clone? Maeve's daughter. No, Maeve's daughter is the first human clone. But then when she That it was secretly was hiding Maeve, in the park. Though? Well, Maeve's a robot. I know, but is she like 40 years old? Because, like, under what circumstances would this person still be in the park if they're human? No, but... I guess they might not know that they're human. So my theory is Maeve's daughter is essentially human. And... But as a test... They put her in the park as a test, and she keeps... Because doesn't the daughter... Does she ever get killed? I don't remember in the first season if if she ever dies in the first... Dies in the first season. Well, she gets taken by the Ghost Nation. Yes. And I think I think it's part of the test. I think it's part of testing her out in the park. In the same way they had, we learned this week, uh, Mr. Delos in his little chamber, except she's being tested out in the park. Interesting. See if she can stand, if her body will stand up. That's, that's my crazy theory, is that, I, I'll leave it a little more vague, Maeve's daughter has something to do with the plot. There, it's not just that it's Maeve's daughter. She's up to something. She's not a normal... <laughs> host well that is my guess yeah it's not very good but and i got thrown this week with the whole like mr delos he's part robot part human i'm like well it's not quite cloning but i'm like they're definitely but why are they collecting people's dna you know there's got to be there's something going on i don't know what what's what what are you guys thinking about i don't think that they're doing human cloning i think they're doing human like recreation Mm. uh and that collecting people's DNA has tons of uses. Imagine being able to uh, surreptitiously kill off a uh, a senator and then just replace them. Well, but that, that but that's what I'm saying. But I thought I thought before we learned when I thought this two weeks ago, I thought that it was going to be more cloning than it is the sort of robot human hybrid I piece. I thought it was going to be straight up like human cloning. And that, and that, and that, at the center of the park is a big warehouse filled with bodies and cryogenic chambers of all the guests that they've cloned, just waiting to be activated. Which is way too obvious, so I know that's not it. But we also, though, know that they haven't figured out how to do it yet, because um, William is when we see the last interaction between Will, William and uh, Mr. Delos, he looks like it's pretty. Didn't happen that long ago. Absolutely. I mean, it was after the death of his wife, so we know it was somewhat recently. Um, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Uh, my big theory is that uh, where William is going, the modern-day William, uh, that that this weapon thing is somehow tied up into this. Uh, I don't really know how, but that Ford isn't, you know... He's not handing him this this weapon in the same way that, like, I imagine he probably is trying to hand Dolores this weapon. Uh, I think it's a trick, and I think the trick will have something to do with this. 
uh, will William find his wife reincarnated as a robot? Will he find... Uh... Yeah, that's my big theory. What his is wife. Uh, I think the craziest one was that he'll find, like, him... The, the, this is one I heard, I think, on Decoding Westworld. They suggested that maybe he'll find himself... Yeah. He's younger, like he, younger. That's a good un, one. Un, and he can un, fall in love un. with robot Dolores. Exactly. <laughs> I love that theory. Yes. I love that theory. Yes. I'm super on board with that. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I keep wondering about, I, I don't know. Uh, I've talked to some people who think that Dolores and or Maeve and or the other robots who are like, have like awoken maybe they're not awoken and they're still on a loop like are they still doing doing for is ford still like the puppet master from from beyond the grave or not um, i feel like that takes out all the weight from season one and i'd be very true. sad if it were true yep it would be bad storytelling that's fair who do you think's in the in the blood orb the blood orb like the little brain oh, thing. Yeah, whose were they yeah. print? Whose brain were they printing? Mm. I don't know. Didn't wait. Did Bernard say a, there was another person at the end? He did say that, right? The one he took. That's the blood orb. You mean? Yeah. Mm. I I have a crazy theory. It's, like, it's not. I was expecting it. So as soon as uh, Elsie was like, "Who's who's you know whatever whose brain is it?" I thought. Isn't it awfully, like, suspicious that uh, Bernard would take out Elsie because she knows too much, but not kill her, give her a bunch of protein bars and drop her off in front of this lab that Ford is later going to lead him to via zombie what's-her-name? I think he printed her. Elsie? And then she's a robot. Oh... Why, why, why let her live? He was clearly, Bernard was clearly not in control. Why would Ford let her live if he truly believed that she knew too much? Hmm. And, yeah, I mean, and maybe this is reading too much into it, but she looked uh, immaculate for having laid in the dirt for, what, <laughs> a week? Uh, that, that is true. Maybe it's only been a couple days, but still. That's true. It could be Ford. Yeah, it could be for it could be, but that would suck. I feel like that also takes out the all the weight of what he did. That's true. For men to believe that he's like some uh, noble martyr. That that's that's part of, of the uh, that's part of the problem I always had with the. I've always tried to watch those CW superhero the Arrow and the Flash, and and the problem with those shows is no one ever dies. They always come back mm. all the fucking time, and and mm. and, and your show either pick it one way or the other but if you're going to kill off your characters damn it kill them off you know don't <laughs> don't do this bs where they're gone for a while and then suddenly they come and then you're like you never trust anyone's actually dead and i like to think that they're smart enough on westworld to be like no if we're going to kill somebody they're really dead you know it's already in my opinion i think it's yeah i get it ford is super smart and all that but like the fact that he the robots are still talking to will to william is ford and I'm like, uh, how far in advance did he really program this thing out? Like, I just, I'm letting it go for now, but I'm kind of pushing, like, how far in advance could you really plan this kind of stuff when you're, mm, you know, Right, right. Yeah. I, th I think that's an excellent question. And we learned we learn this week that um, William's daughter, daughter isn't, that's who that was in uh, Raj World, his daughter. Right. Which is fun, which is a treat. I'm, awesome. I'm very excited about that. Yeah, that's good. There's going to be a lot of interesting scenes. I feel like that come out of that. Yeah, and and we learned in the next week on uh, segment that next week will be all about apparently Maeve and. Um, yeah, I, I also yeah. like how they're doing this Game of Thrones like focus on one part of the story thing. I don't really remember that happening last season. There are a lot of story. They're juggling a lot of storylines. Um, yeah, they definitely did it a couple times last season, but. I feel like not as intensely focused. It's, I mean, it seems like the next episode is just going to be about Maeve, Maeve and company. 
Yep, we'll have to see how that goes. That'll be interesting. Um, all right, well, we're out of time for the Westworld minute. It was more like the Westworld 10 minutes, but that's okay. Um, come back next time. We'll talk more Westworld. Uh, definitely come back next time because we will have a great show uh, at don'tpanic.io. That's our website. You can go there and get all the episodes, the audio, the video, and, of course, links to the picks. If you don't remember them, the links will be right there on the website, as they always are. And, of course, you can subscribe to the show anywhere you get podcasts, including iTunes, Overcast, and any of the major popular players. We are likely there. Uh, and, of course, uh, the video version on YouTube. And you can get in contact with us at Don't Panic Show on Twitter and Don't Panic Show at gmail.com. Uh, we will be back next Monday night, uh, I assume, uh, live in the evenings, uh, facebook.com slash don't panic show. And I mentioned Twitch as well. Um, and I will b- very briefly mention on top of all that game nights.tv where we're playing Dungeons and Dragons, uh, at some point in the next week or two, there'll be another new episode. And this one will be genuinely a real hoot. Uh, you're not going to want to miss that. We get into some shenanigans. And of course, you can check out Up for Debate at upfordebate.tv. Myself and Matt, last week we did an episode all about collecting and collections and some fun collections. And, and, and we asked the big question, will people still be collecting things in the future? Or, or is collecting on its way out? Hmm, what's the answer? You'll have to tune into the episode to find out. And this coming week, we're going to be talking about college and the college experience. And what, is it, what does it mean to be in college? And how is college changing? In the future. It's going to be a fun episode. You can get that at upfordebate.tv. But we got to wrap this one up. So thanks everybody out there for joining us on behalf of Colby and Dan. I am Sean. I hope you had as much fun as we did. We'll see you next time for more tech news and good times here on Don't Panic. Don't Panic.